Today on the Pro-Life Podcast, there's a new abortion case at the Supreme Court. It's complicated. We need to talk about this. Let's get started. Happy Thursday, Pro-Life family. Welcome to the table. Pull up your chair. Grab your coffee. Got mine. Brent Clareman, IT director. There's lots to talk about today. First, the ladies around the table with me. Kim Schwartz, director of media and communication. Bailey Sunbeck, development associate. Thanks for joining us. Bailey, thanks for sitting in again. Veronica is on maternity leave. She had her baby. Because the last episode, I think we dropped, she <laughs> was smuggling a basketball still. Um, she had her baby and she is well. Mom and child are good. So Praise God. It's been a weird couple of weeks. Yes. There have been a lot of court decisions. There's still some pending stuff. I want to say it's too much, we summarize. But <laughs> I don't think we can. I think we've got to give the rundown here. Agreed, agreed. So honestly, I'm surprised more people are not paying attention to this case. But ultimately, the Supreme Court, uh, we're at the Supreme Court, and they could decide whether the uh, an abortion pill is taken off the market entirely, uh, in even in states like New York and California. And so this is a huge case. This only, um, we only have ground to gain here. We don't have anything uh, to lose from the status quo. Uh, right now, abortion is illegal in Texas uh, from the moment of conception. And then you have places like New York and California where they are very much the opposite. Um, but yeah. this lawsuit says the FDA improperly approved this medication, this pill, for abortion back in 2000. They rushed through the process. And so they're saying the FDA has to revoke um, the approval of this abortion pill. Uh, that's the question of this lawsuit. And so if Stop. we win... wait, don't. Right. <laughs> so if we win, that means that even in New York, California, all of these places, they can't... Um, abortionists cannot give this pill to kill pre-born children. That'd be an awesome victory. Um, but if we, even if we lose, then, um, you know, nothing changes from the status quo. Uh, there are lives being saved in Texas, other right. strong pro-life states, and then New York and California, we still got to work on them. We still got to pray. They're still crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a lot of back and forth though. It has been, and it may change between the recording of this and the publishing of this. True. There's still the Supreme Court is in play. Well, they they ruled some stuff. Well, there was there was an opinion. I don't know what the technical yeah. terms are on this. Yeah. But one judge said, well, we're gonna hold off, but we need the whole court to weigh in on this. And so that we've gone up and down quite a bit. So this started, I think we mentioned there's a judge in Amarillo who um, this whole case started with him. And um, he looked at this case. He's had it in front of him since November. So he really gave some thought to the primary question of the lawsuit. Did the FDA follow their standard procedure when approving uh, this abortion pill? It's called Mifepristone for the purpose of killing preborn children. And so he spent a lot of time on that. He realized, like, there's never been a court that has revoked FDA approval of a drug before. And so that's one of the main arguments that the abortion proponents are saying of like, the court is just getting out of control. There has never been a judge that has revoked FDA approval of anything before. And yes, that's true, but we've also haven't had a so politically charged, so politically right. motivated yeah. 
approval for so long as we did for this abortion pill. And you found a fun fact about that. Yeah, yep. you found some interesting stuff. So let's rewind back to when Bill Clinton was our president. I found out. Do we have to. <laughs> we I, have to. I mean, I lived through that once, guys. <laughs> Just for a minute. Okay. I don't quite remember it, uh, but I read things. There you go. <laughs> but anyways, on the second day that Bill Clinton was president, one of the top things on his priority list was getting abortion, uh, chemical abortion drugs, mifepristone, onto the market um, in America to make it, and not only get onto the market, but keep it on the market. And so this is a big project between him and the FDA. Um, and I even read somewhere that, you know, mifepristone is used for other things like, you know, cancer or AIDS. Um, and in order to make it work for pregnancy, they really had to make pregnancy sound like an illness. They had to call pregnancy an illness. Okay. These are in the very early conversations of getting this drug more normalized, um, which is terrifying. Yeah. Pregnancy is not an illness. Right. It's totally natural. It's a miracle. Yes. It's beautiful. Most um, of us are the product of it. it most of us. Most, Most of, of us. <laughs> the vast majority of us. Uh, you know, never mind. I won't say that. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. But yeah, can we just take a moment to like how just how to realize how dark that is? Mm -hmm. That yeah. you know, you're the president of the United States, one of the most powerful countries in the world, and that is on the top of your priority list is to get this pill on the market for women and young girls in some cases to take to kill their their preborn child mm -hmm. and to convince everyone that it's okay because we'll just call pregnancy an illness. Yeah. Just like cancer is bad, pregnancy is bad. Yeah. Trying it's, to remember here what was going on in the world. I don't remember things being super at peace. I mean, we've, we had war in the Middle East, which feels like we've had that forever. Yeah. What else is the new? majority of my life, right? And but that's priority one. Like it's my second day. Inauguration is done. Let's let's get let's this let's formalize pill. a pill that kills children. Yeah. yeah, and rush it at that. Let's let's get it on the market as fast as possible. Let's say mm -hmm. whatever wording we need to to make this make sense. Yeah, and it, at the end of the day, it just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And so you see those problems, and you can yeah. see just the record and the history of what the, the FDA had to do to approve uh, this abortion pill. And so now looking back on it, we can see this was wrong for them to do. And um, the people who brought this uh, lawsuit, it's been uh, four pro-life groups, uh, Christian doctors, medical associations, suing the FDA saying, you guys didn't do this right. And the judge even asked, the Amarillo judge said like, okay, well, did you try asking the FDA about it? Because like, I'm the court. I don't want to be the first one to revoke FDA approval of something. Like, again, we said this has never been done before. Right. But it also, like, had this, the abortion pill and the way that they approved it was unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And the, the pro-life people said, we tried to tell the FDA, like, here's where you're wrong. Can you do something about this? Like, they tried to go through the FDA to get itself to correct itself. Mm. Yeah. Shockingly, that didn't work. Weird. Yes. Uh, so then they brought this lawsuit. And uh, praise God, the, the judge looked at that and was like, I see all of these problems. And he just blasted, blasted the FDA yeah. for, um, you know, rushing through the process, for skipping um, very real concerns about adverse effects and, um, 
the complications that you can see from taking the abortion drug and just was like the fact that the FDA approved this in the first place for killing preborn children is just outrageous. And so um, that was the Amarillo judge's ruling. And he said um, he said that he put this out on Good Friday, which I think is so poetic that he just wrote this incredible um, uh, decision that would save lives and put it out on Good Friday, the Lord's Day. Um, and basically saying like, all right, I'm going to, we, the court, are going to revoke FDA approval of this drug, which means it will not be available for the use of abortion anywhere in the United States. Um, but we're going to give you seven days for that to take approval. So that was Good Friday. And then last Friday, it would, or last Saturday, actually, it would have taken effect. Um, but because the judge said, like, I know that this is unprecedented, and he knew, too, this is going to go up to all the appeals courts and stuff like yeah, that, too. Right. Um, so he gave the Biden administration time to appeal. So they took it to the appeals court for our region. And our region, like our appeals court, is the most conservative in the entire United States. So we're in good hands. Um, but the appeals court was still a little bit uh, disappointing in their ruling. I didn't expect it to go the way that it did. Um, they said that, you know, you can. we agree that the most recent changes that the FDA did were wrong, but we're not going to take it off the market entirely. And so that was the appeals court decision was they didn't want to take it off the market entirely for the purpose of elective abortion, but they were going to say, all right, y'all, the FDA said you can use this at 10 weeks, but before you said seven weeks, we're going to knock this back down to seven weeks because the extension, that is more dangerous. You know, the preborn child's bigger. Um, it's harder for the pill, that pill to kill the preborn child. Um, I, I hate the way that we have to phrase all of these. And so with uh, at 10 weeks, it is harder for the pill to kill the preborn child. And then you have the baby who uh, is still in you, but is still like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, he or she is uh, detached from the uterine wall. And now like you've just created complications and the child is still alive. And that requires a follow-up surgical abortion. Big mess. Um, so they were like, we're going to take this down from 10 weeks to seven weeks. And then they said, um, this was one of the Biden administration's changes saying that you can mail the abortion pill. You don't have to go to, for an in-person visit uh, to get an ultrasound to see uh, if you uh, have any other complications. Uh, we can just mail the abortion pill and you can do it at home and just don't even worry about it. And the appeals court was like, mm, no, we're don't don't mail that like that's these are very recent changes that we can see are dangerous. But again, we don't want to take it all the way off the market. Yeah. So that was last Wednesday or Thursday. Um, right. It's yeah. been busy. It's been busy. It has. It has. And so as we look at these, I, I outline all of these, uh, what has happened in the case, so we can get kind of a clear path forward of what might we see coming from the Supreme Court, because now this is at the Supreme Court. And last Friday, uh, one of the Supreme Court judges uh, put out like a very quick kind of opinion and said, we're not going to change anything just yet. All right. We need to, the whole Supreme Court, all nine justices need to look at this case. Um, but whenever you have like fast opinions and stuff, they'll usually just assign one judge for one reason, for one region and decide like, are we going to take up this case? Are we going to not? Are we going to block this? Are we not? Um, and so it was just 
Samuel Alito, who is pro-life. Like he's the one who wrote the decision overturning Roe v. Wade. So he's got some street cred. He does. He does. Yeah. Uh, but he did pause uh, the ruling that would have taken effect, that would have um, taken the abortion pill like off the market, limited its um, you know, availability and how it's delivered. He just stopped everything. So right now, uh, as we're recording this, we still have the status quo, the same that was true a month ago, two months ago, where uh, abortion is illegal in Texas, but you have, you know, New York, California, they're just giving out abortion pills like to anybody uh, who could possibly ever think of it. Um, that's still happening. And so right now, status quo has not changed. But going forward, we hopefully will see um, a change in how the uh, abortion pill is treated in, um, in you know, American law right now that uh, the other states will slow down their chemical abortions. Obviously, we don't want them to have any abortions at all. Right. Yeah. Realistically, where we are now, um, you know, limiting chemical abortions in these other states because chemical abortions have increased dramatically over the last yeah. few years. It's like more than yeah. half abortions yeah. are chemical abortions now yeah. using mifepristone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's also important to know that with chemical abortions, it's two abortion pills. The right. first one is mifepristone, and that kills the preborn child. The second one is misoprostol, and that makes the woman's body, like, deliver the deceased child, basically. And these pills are very dangerous. We've talked about that in, before, and, uh, you know, you can see hemorrhaging. Yeah. Um, right. I have a friend of a friend who was having a miscarriage, and we'll talk more about that in a second of how miscarriage is different. Um, but she had to take one of these pills to, you know, take care of her miscarriage because the child was already deceased. And her husband thought she had died because there was so much blood everywhere. Like he called 911 um, and was like, my wife is dead. So that is like, you know, medical necessity there with the miscarriage. Like she could not help that. She could not change those circumstances. But the abortion industry turns a blind eye on purpose to these effects and just like, take these pills, don't worry about it. And we've seen women die from right. uh, similar situations just because it causes so much excessive bleeding. Um, so that's the situation with where we are right now with this lawsuit. Um, status quo is continuing. Uh, we could see more news um, at, at the Supreme Court level. They hopefully will um, you know, stop the, take the abortion pill off the market. And then we can talk in a second about how the abortion industry is going to respond to that. Cool. But we will talk about that in a second. First, we need to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Texas Right to Life is facing 14 lawsuits from Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. They're suing us because we helped pass the Texas Heartbeat Act. And they're trying to scare us pro-lifers into backing down. Please join us in the fight against Planned Parenthood and donate to protect the Texas Heartbeat Act. You can fight for the unborn and build a pro-life Texas that values every human life. Go to texasrighttolife.com lawsuit to make your contribution. Every cent will help and it's greatly appreciated. Without warning, you or your loved one could end up in the emergency room where every second counts and your medical wishes matter more than ever. However, if your loved one doesn't have the right medical documents on hand, 
they may not be able to make decisions for you in a crisis. My Life Angels solves all of this by walking you through step-by-step -step in creating these important medical documents and storing them online securely for you and your family to access at any time. The service is only $7 a month, but use the link in our description for 20% off your initial subscription period. Don't let strangers make life and death decisions for you. Get the My Life Angels app today. Welcome back, friends. So real quick, let's finish the thought on miscarriage being different. Yes. Because it is a different thing. Yeah. We so. are we are treating, sadly, we are treating a pregnancy that has ended of natural causes. Yes. As opposed to killing the child and then dealing with the aftermath. Exactly. This is, this is basically the difference in a nutshell. So yeah. There you go. Uh, one of my favorite um, Instagram uh, accounts is Secular Pro-Life. They put out a lot of great arguments and content. And one thing that they often say is that abortion and miscarriage are different in the same way that like cremation and burning someone alive are different, okay? It's, you know, that's that's a good, yeah, yeah that's a so, good summary. And I don't want to sound insensitive to uh, women who have experienced miscarriage at all. It's just like this conversation that abortionists are pushing is so insidious that they're saying that losing a child of natural causes is the same as killing a child intentionally. And that is just a terrible, yeah, terrible, like, we're not the ones making that argument. That is the abortionist. And so for anyone who has heard this argument that abortion and miscarriage are the same thing, okay, you can find a similarity. Good for you. Like the uh, procedures might be similar. What is the difference? And we have yeah, to ask ourselves that. And true. in the same way, it's cremation versus burning someone alive. You know, the child in a miscarriage has passed away naturally and we grieve with those women because right. that's just a heartbreaking situation. Mm -hmm. And elective abortion is uh, taking that child's life intentionally. These are not the same thing. And so the abortionists here are saying, well, if the, if the court takes away uh, the FDA approval of mifepristone, this abortion-inducing drug, then that means women won't be able to have their miscarriages treated because they can use similar drugs and procedures. Yes, the last half of that is true, that they use similar drugs and procedures. Let's roll back to the question of this lawsuit. Right. And I want to remind everybody that a court can only answer the question that you ask it. And so the question of this lawsuit is, did the FDA properly approve this drug for this purpose? It is not asking, uh, did the FDA approve this drug in all purposes? And so the court can't say, we're going to take away mifepristone, not just for elective abortion, but for all things, for this thing and this thing. And you mentioned like it can be used for cancer treatment uh, and other Ill like real illnesses. But the court has not said in its ruling, even um, in that ruling we got from the conservative judge in Amarillo, he did not say we're taking this drug off the market for every purpose. And that's not what the lawsuit asks in the first place. So even if the court rules completely in our favor to the fullest right. extent possible, it will not uh, re revoke FDA approval of the drug for other purposes like miscarriage only elective abortion. And so what I want to challenge, um, anybody who is sympathetic with that argument that 
well, we are concerned that um, that miscarriage treatment will be affected. Anybody who, um, you know, can see that that could be a real danger, tell the truth about what the ruling is mm-hmm. and what it actually does, and that the purpose is limited to elective abortion for that purpose. But instead, what you're going to see is the media and the abortionists saying like, well, now women can't get miscarriage treatment. And they use that as a Trojan horse because they really want elective abortion, but they know everyone can sympathize with miscarriage. So they use that. And what's going to happen, which is what we've seen in the cases of when women, um, like in Texas, when their lives are being threatened by their pregnancies, then the the media will say, well, she can't get an abortion. And so the doctors are believing we can't uh, do an abortion if uh, the woman's life is in danger. And that's not what Texas law says. I have a problem. I have a point to this. I'm not just on a tangent. Um, so in the same way that you see the media and abortionists misrepresenting Texas law, we've seen this for over a year now, um, misrepresenting Texas law about miscarriage and other like uh, life-threatening emergencies um, and saying that doctors can't do this. Well, the doctors hear that in the media and they're like, oh, that's the, they're saying I can't um, do like at, I can't do a abortion to save the woman's life or they're saying that I can't treat this uh, miscarriage even though the baby's already deceased. They're like, I just I can't do that because they hear that in the media. And so with this case too, you're going to see the media saying, well, now doctors can't uh, use mifepristone if the child has miscarried. And the, the place that the doctors are getting that, if they act accordingly, is from the media. So they're the ones responsible, but they don't care because they want the end result of more abortions. Mm-hmm. That's my tangent. That's my soapbox. I, I feel like you're a little tired of having to repeat yourself on this. Like, <laughs> I might be. I mean, putting it simply, we just want the FDA to be the FDA that it's yeah. supposed to be and right. not give this pill to people inten- or to women yes. intentionally for the purpose of killing their their preborn children. Exactly. Yes, use it for all the the, the illnesses, the the real illnesses, but but don't harm people with this because that's what right. they're doing by saying that it's okay. They're harming people. They're mm-hmm. killing the the, the yes. pill is killing people. Yes. Um and that's just it's crazy that we have to explain that. Yes. It's crazy that we have to explain. Can the FDA just look out for the American people, right. especially the the preborn children? <laughs> you oh, you like want this. the government to look out for the American people, do you? Ah. Uh, that's uh, a tall order these days. Yeah. Yeah, but I really like how you put that and I think it's important to realize the cultural implications that it's had uh, by labeling pregnancy as a disease, treating pregnancy as a disease where uh, I think there's just this fear of children nowadays, this fear of having babies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really heartbreaking because we know that children are a gift from the Lord. Yeah, yeah but our culture acts like they're, they're a burden. Yeah. And yes, raising children is complicated and difficult and messy. So's everything else in life worth doing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. It is very... Uh, heartbreaking to realize just how far we've gone from realizing that children are a gift from the Lord. And so that's why it's important for us to celebrate life. Like not just, I really have been reflecting on um, Kevin and Tia Edwards story whenever Mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, adopted their two children. I, I don't remember what episode number that was, but if you just... We'll link it in the description. Yeah. It's a really good episode. And uh, Tia said something that has stuck with me that, um, you know, God, Christ came 
that we may have life and have it abundantly. Let me like, he wants us to have life abundantly, not just like bare minimum, don't die. Like, yes, we do need to establish that of like, don't kill people. It, we are trying to clear that this, barrier here. This feels here. like a very low bar set here. Yeah. It <laughs> is. But then we as pro-lifers, like, okay, we got that. We understand, like, don't kill people, okay? We're good. We're good there. Um, we need to go the extra mile in celebrating life. Because yeah. if we if we go higher, if we go um, toward abundant life, hopefully, by the grace of God, other people will be lifted up and they'll, like, clear that bar of don't kill people too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll get closer to the abundant life, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the goal. It's a good yep. goal. Yeah, yeah. It's a good goal. I just, I imagine what our world would be like if we spent all this, say we took all the hours that have gone into these court cases, that have gone into these lawsuits, the FDA bending over backwards to try to explain why this pill is okay and that it's good. And we actually promoted the truth. We were positive about pregnancy. We were positive about women having babies, about families. If we spent all that time trying to figure out how to make more pregnancy resource centers, um, just have more of them in our in our communities, um, our world would be so different mm-hmm. if we weren't just sitting here trying to stop kill people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. It, it does seem like a really basic thought like, hey, if we just appreciated living people, it doesn't seem that hard. Yet somehow our culture has forgotten how to do that. Yeah. We spend all this time trying to figure out how to work around. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I not be inconvenienced by yeah. things? Yeah. And it's also a glorification of self. Yes. Which is a really dangerous place for a culture to be in. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what happens. We let the church drift away from being the center of culture. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're at now. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? I always say God has done a lot more with a lot less. Uh, this is true. Yeah. So we're not too far gone, okay? Like the Holy Spirit, he can do it. Uh, we're here. And, you know, like... Even we look at the world and it's just like, how did we get here? Like, why are we here? What is God doing? Um, But, you know, we can pray and we can trust and we can lift each other up uh, and go out of our way to, uh, I think in a couple episodes ago, you said like inconvenience ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Like that's what love requires. I want to say it was my pastor a few weeks ago said, um, as the world gets darker, it just makes the light more obvious. Good point. So it's not like, oh no, everything else got darker and it's just overtaking. No, light dark doesn't overtake light. Yeah. That's not that's not science. That's nope. not how it works. I don't care what kind of science we want to invent anymore. <laughs> that's not science. It's not how it works. Fair. Yes. Fair. Um, the whole listen to the experts thing. Oh, yeah. Y'all, we gotta get away from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the FDA mm-hmm. saying Mipipristone is a therapeutic drug for women and girls for to the take. illness of pregnancy yes. and the cdc saying men can have babies like yeah. the experts are wrong yeah yeah the experts <laughs> need to do some soul searching okay and then we can listen to them yes. again I, yeah 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 so we just need to remember to be the light wherever we go and the darkness has to go away because the light is there well, I have some good news on so, that front. On that front, that's a good transition. Happy news, please. Okay. 
Uh, so y'all know we talk about alternatives to abortion quite a bit. Um, we do. Yes. We want to give state funding to pregnancy centers, to adoption agencies, to maternity homes. Like These are things I'm okay with my tax dollars doing. Exactly. And okay, I'll, I'll get on this tangent real quick. Okay. Real quick. So even people who have like fiscal concerns about like, do we really want to spend tax dollars on this, this, and this? Like even if it's pro-life stuff. Uh, Texas operates on a balanced budget. We can only spend what we've already taken in. Thank the Lord. Yes. And so we're not printing money. Texas is not printing money out of thin air. Other people yeah. are. Um, so this, this is not a fiscal issue here. Uh, this is, we have our tax dollars. Let's put them to good use. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, the our ledge team, went and they worked like all week. They analyzed over 400 amendments to make sure that we can give as uh, the maximum that the alternatives to abortion program needs. So that way women do have the resources to choose life. Like adoption is expensive and uh, pregnancy centers, like they are stretched thin. Yes. Maternity homes, like it is, if a pregnant woman doesn't have a place to stay, she can go here, but their beds are like full, like all over the state. Yeah, I've got some stories about that because my wife is on the board of a pregnancy center and works very closely with them and has had to try and find some beds for some young ladies and called all over the area and far beyond. Um, it's it is very difficult to find a bed right now. Yeah. So but obviously the, they need more they need more resources. Yeah, the need is there yeah. and the desire to provide that is there too. Mm -hmm. But you know there's only so many dollars. And so that's why the, um, the alleged team, the Texas house original, like initially approved $200 million for the alternatives to abortion program. I feel like that's a bit of an increase from the past two years. Double. Yeah. Double. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I feel like there should be some more like Oh, we should have brought the confetti. <laughs> and an explosion or something. Oh, the building would get really mad at us. No. <laughs> but just pretend. Digital confetti. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure that out, maybe. Exactly. Um, so double the amount that we've ever had before for alternatives to abortion. We now have two hundred million dollars that's gonna take effect in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five for pregnancy centers, adoption agencies. These are nonprofits right. that like contract with the state. So whenever they provide uh, counseling or diapers and formula, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. The state reimburses them uh, through this program. And then that basically like doubles, it increases what they're able to provide to the community. Like even through the, um, the private donations that they get and then the state funding, like we're able to make a bigger impact and that's yeah. incredible. Um, and so they've also mentioned that there was like a 43% increase in um, women visiting alternatives to abortion centers. And so we see that like massive increase. We see that there's a need here, yeah. but it's also really encouraging because that means that these women who like, they didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, these women were probably already here and many of them in their same circumstances in the past may have uh, chosen abortion because mm -hmm. it was legal in Texas up until like a year-ish ago. Yeah. Um, and so now they know where to go because of the alternatives to abortion program, the life-saving pregnancy centers and adoption agencies that we have in our communities. Uh, and so that's some really good news that, you know, we're working on it. We're not just anti-abortion, we are pro-life. Yeah. But Kim, you say a year-ish, 
been almost a year, but they, I was told the sky was going to fall and there would be just dead women in the streets. That's what and we've been told. Nope, nope. But somehow, that hasn't happened yet. The doomsday predictions of the abortionists, somehow were exaggerated. Um, Weird. Yeah, the media doesn't know Weird. that, but maybe by the grace of God, they'll figure it out one day. <laughs> so as we celebrate this huge victory in the legislative session, um, I just want to ask everyone who's listening to pray for our legislative team. We have yes. uh, four lobbyists. Uh, if you want to get a pen and paper out, their names are Ashley, Samantha, Rebecca, and John. Uh, they work tirelessly, hours on end, um, trying to to fight for victories like the $200 million increase. And they are just, they're amazing at what they do. And they would not be there if it was not for uh, donors of Texas Right to Life. Amen. So please pray for them and consider donating. There's still a couple months left in the legislative session. Mm -hmm. There's still stuff that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. um, and so, this victory isn't final either with yeah. alternatives to abortion. Like we cleared this first hurdle of getting it to the amount that it needs in the budget. The budget's not approved until the end of May-ish, and it's got to be signed by the governor. So yep. there's still more hurdles to clear. So be in prayer that we still like continue that and that we're able to accomplish other victories. It's not just alternatives to abortion isn't just the one thing we want to do. We need to make sure that we're stopping illegal abortions, that we right. are holding abortionists accountable, that we're um, you know, doing other things like helping adoption be more affordable. Yeah. Um, all of these, like this huge legislative agenda, the biggest agenda we've ever had in a legislative session, because now we don't have the shadow of Roe v. Wade. There's a lot to accomplish. It is not over till it's over. That's uh, absolutely right. I can't imagine trying to go through 400 amendments. Nope. To figure out <laughs> Hard pass. what all they do and whether or not they're good or bad. No, nope, sorry. Rebecca, thank you, your you and your team. Oh my gosh. Praise God. Incredible. 400 amendments. Yeah. And that's on- For $200 million. The, for $200 million. And that's the one issue. There's all the other issues. Mm -hmm. There will be other revisions of laws and amendments and things, and I don't know. Hot mess. I should better know how all of that stuff works. It's really complicated and messy, and I don't know as well as I ought to. But I'm very thankful for our team in Austin who goes and they deal with all this, these things. And they're experts at this. Yeah. Um, and going through all these amendments and reviewing and meetings and, yeah. and talking to all the legislators yeah. on, on you guys' behalf. You guys watching at home. Exactly. They're doing that to represent your opinion. Yeah. So mm -hmm. thanks, team. Appreciate you guys. Yes, yes. But also don't forget. So, you know, be in prayer for the ledge team. Be in prayer that we will... Uh, finalize the alternatives to abortion victory and many other victories, hopefully this session, um, but also be in prayer for a life-saving outcome mm. in this FDA lawsuit, because it's not yes. going to be over uh, for a little while here. Um, so that will have good wisdom on the part of the judges, discernment, um, and that the Holy Spirit will move them to see the FDA was wrong. Yeah. Lots to pray for. Yes. Lots to discuss. Friends and neighbors, with your friends at church, with your friends across the street or down the road or at the grocery store if you're into having really intense conversations at the grocery store. Thank you for watching. Have an amazing weekend. We love you. We'll see you next time.